Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we're coming back at you with another late night episode, uh, this time on a little bit a little bit of nicer terms, as the Blues did come away with a 5-4 to four shootout victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, a lot to get into, uh, dra- lots of drama before the game even started with Vince Dunn being a healthy scratch and trade rumors. So we're going to get into that. And then it was an absolutely crazy game as well with the first period containing four goals. And then whatever the hell that third period was with all the penalties and Jordan Bennington making 50 saves in overtime. And then the blues eventually coming away with a win in a shootout alongside some questionable officiating and seven more penalties taken by the blues. We're going to cover it all here today. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I don't know. What, what are you thinking, Tommy? I feel like we should start with Vince Dunn because in terms of like chronological order and stuff, that's kind of how the how the game led. Like the, the trade talks and stuff led up to him, I think, being scratched because we weren't sure whether he was going to be healthy scratched or not. And then he was. And then that kind of – the game kind of spelled after that. So we can start there. What do you think about it, Josh? Him being on the trade block for a first-round pick, I believe, is the asking price. Uh, I talked about it a lot in the solo episode that he was – by far the worst player on the ice for the Blues. And it's one thing to have a bad game. It's another thing to directly lead to two or three goals for the other team. And I think that was the, that's what happened um, in the game before he got healthy scratched. But at the same time, I think he's shown flashes of, of being a really good defender um, in his time with the Blues. So I don't really think the Blues should necessarily give up on him right now. Uh, maybe there's a little something more behind the scenes that we're not seeing. Maybe th- maybe this play has been more of a constant thing, and it's just now getting exposed more and more. But I, I definitely think the patience with him should be very thin. He should be on a very short leash, leash because he looks pretty awful throughout the start of this season. Um, just, just not going to sugarcoat it there. But at the same time, he's a young defenseman just coming off a fresh contract. Uh, and he showed flashes of brilliance in the past. So I don't think it should quite be the end of the line for Vince Dunn, but I think we're, it's reasonable to start having these conversations now. I think – here's my thing with Vince Dunn. Um, I feel like this Blues fan base as a whole always has to look for some kind of scapegoat when things aren't going the right way. If we're not in first place, if we're playing 500 hockey, uh, they're always looking, whether it's Jake Allen, whether it's Zach Sanford, whether it's Vince Dunn right now, they're always looking for someone to place all the blame on and be like, well, if we just trade this guy, uh, everything will get sorted out. And I don't feel like that's the case with Vince Dunn on multiple levels. One, because I think he's, when he's playing at the top of his game and the I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about advanced analytics, but they back it up that he's one of the best young defensemen in the game when he's playing at the top of his game. Um, he already has a Stanley Cup to his name, so he's got Stanley Cup experience, which when we're in a Stanley Cup window, I think that takes a lot of priority and just continuity, right? Because we're kind of a revolving door right now of pieces and players with Hoffman and crew coming in and all these new faces. I feel like Vince Dunn brings an aspect of continuity and 
reminds people of the cup run and he has that experience in the cup run and we saw I, this is already past tense clarity but Mikola kind of struggled tonight he didn't look fantastic he didn't look terrible Carl Gunnarsson got walked a couple of times so the defense is still a problem I think this team has a lot of problems that don't revolve entirely around Vince Dunn and won't be solved entirely just by Vince Dunn being traded so that's why I don't think it makes sense in my mind especially now when like you said he's not playing his best hockey I think he'll be the first one to tell you he's not playing his best hockey um but asking for a first rounder when he's playing the hockey is right now I don't think anyone's going to match that price and I don't think it makes sense to uh, essentially sell him on a contract in a contract year where he's motivated to play like out of his mind because he's going to get paid at the end of it based off of largely uh recency bias this this year and this season I just don't see a lot of sense in moving that right now especially six games into the season but that's just my take um I think that there's definitely cause for concern in what we've seen out of Vince Dunn lately but I think that there's been cause for concern amongst a lot of players in this team and Vince Dunn may have had just some more egregious a player uh, egregious errors than other players on this team which might be why you know he's being jumped to as the scapegoat, like Tommy said, but I think he's just shown way too much promise. And like Tommy also said, there's a lot of other problems on this team, apart from just Vince Dunn, that need to be addressed that aren't really going to come uh, for trading him for a first, which, again, I don't think he could he could even get at the moment, like Tommy said. So um, I just think it's a little too early to call for a trade on his part. But then again, you never know. They said they're, they're exploring trade talks, so we could wake up tomorrow morning and see one. Uh, but my personal opinion is that, like Tommy said, it's just a little too early. Uh, lock and change over the course of the season. And I think we need to give him at least a second chance before we pull, completely pull the trigger on, on getting rid of him, shipping him out of town. And just besides that fact, too, man, like it, the Blues and Armstrong talks about it at the beginning of the season. He was like, well, it's like a cup window. Um, basically, they've got until I feel like the cup window ends at 2023 when Ryan O'Reilly's contract and Vladimir Tarasenko's contract is up. They'll have already made decisions about Bennington, Schwartz, Pareko, uh, all of those guys up to that point um so if you're in that time frame right right now where it's like a win now scenario right you bring in a guy like tory krug and you bring in a guy like mike hoffman um it doesn't make sense to ship out one of your guys that's already won a stanley cup and shown what he's capable of playing like the level he's capable of playing at at the nhl level at the ripe age of 24 years old uh for a for a draft pick that feels more like you're building towards the future. And maybe, I mean, I guess you can build towards the future while also trying to win now, but I feel like Vince Dunn gives you the best chance of winning now over someone like a question mark, like Mikola, who doesn't have any playoff experience, barely any NHL experience or a real question mark in Scott Prunovich, who hasn't even played an NHL game. So I get people wanting to see what they have in that aspect and be excited about question marks, but if you've got a sure thing in Vince Dunn and he's playing like this six games in, it doesn't make sense to be like, Oh, well, this is the player he's going to be for the entire season because statistically it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, You know, we always talk about the controversial fancy stats uh, here on this podcast, but Vince Dunn's one of those guys where if you look at any sort of fancy analytic or whatever it may be, he looks phenomenal. Looks like one of the best defensemen in the league at his age and at his value. I saw a tweet today that called him an analytical darling. I feel like that's a perfect way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, like I said, um, maybe he's had a few egregious errors these past few games, and I've called them out on it. I've said he looked like the worst player on the team in that loss to L.A., in their second game, but I, I don't think that that's reason to give up on him. Like Tommy said, I think if you're trying to win now, you're doing that by keeping Vince done uh, rather than getting rid of him for a pick. I think it, it would just sort of be trying to extend the window 
if you traded a guy like Vincent for a first round pick, which doesn't doesn't make sense. He he fits the team perfectly in terms of his age and his his play style. Uh, and, and I think it might just take a little bit of time for him to get up to speed. He's always been kind of a slow starter, which I don't think that we can really say has, has been too different this year. Maybe it's been a little worse than than other seasons. But again, it's we've had the weird off season and the quick turnover, so it makes sense that some guys are starting out a little a little slower than others. And I don't know, it's too early. It, it, moral of the story. I'll tell you guys what's the what's the problem with the defense right now, and it's not Vince Dunn, even though he is probably playing. Not not the best hockey right now out of all the defenders, but the problem with the defense right now is you're trying to find a guy to fill not only Alex Petrangelo's shoes, which Colton Pareko, I feel like if he ha- if he is going to fill those shoes, he hasn't yet. The delay of game penalties has got to stop. I feel like he's got one per game now, and it always happens when we're on a power play. Uh, so that's wild. Um, and then just besides that, Jay Bomeister as well. Like a lot of people didn't talk about that because uh, we came came to terms with his retirement for a while now. But he's a massive part of that penalty kill, um, and at five on five too, he's blocking shots left and right, and his stick play is legendary. So uh, I feel like the combination of those two guys missing uh, and guys not stepping up to fill those roles because those are massive shoes to fill uh, puts a bigger emphasis on a guy like Vince Dunn and. And he's, that's why he's getting the spotlight he is right now, and Blues fans are using him as a scapegoat. We spent a lot of this first episode, or first part of this episode, talking about the negatives and sort of a sort of a tougher topics. But Blues did come away with a win, so definitely some positives to get into. And we're going to get into the whole game, game breakdown here shortly. But first, I do want to tell you about our friends over at RockAuto.com. Now, with the ever increasing number of makes and models of cars. And other vehicles, it is now nearly impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Uh, So why would you want to endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts to his computer, choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry, especially during a pandemic, when you have computers and cell phones with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket? rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so you know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode negatives aside and i'm sure there are plenty of negatives that we can get into in talking about this game but the blues did come away with a 5-4 victory and there were a lot of things that we could look at optimistically coming away from that game besides the areas of clear need for improvement um, a lot to take away from this game. I guess, what's the first area you want to touch on? Well, I think the first thing that we need to touch on is, one, Jordan Bennington is the top 10 goalie in this league, and I don't think that should be disputed ever from this point forward because he faced 40 shots, I think close to 100 shot attempts, uh, and just stood in there all night long and gave the Blues a chance to win. But I think besides that point, uh, we, we were shown tonight what the Blues are capable of. And I think, like I talked about a couple episodes ago, I think Vegas is a more dangerous team, especially right now, uh, than Colorado is just because felt like they were firing on all cylinders and had the goaltending to match. I mean, both goalies were hot coming into this. And I know Leonard kind of laid a couple eggs early 
and probably had some goals he'd like back, especially with the lack of Blues shot total. But I don't think the Blues played their best game, and they still came out of this with a win against a very strong Vegas team. So obviously they've shown what they're capable of when they're not even playing at their best. So what are they capable of playing at their best against this team? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Got a little bit of redemption against Alex Petrangelo. That's always nice. Jordan Cairo uh, put him through a blender there. That was absolutely unreal. And uh, put him on the hit list. Put him on the blacklist. Eric Carlson and Alex Petrangelo. Who's next? Who wants it? Anyone can get it. Yeah, I think uh, you, you, you hit the nail on the head perfectly there. A lot to take away from this game. A lot of positives. Jordan Bennington looked phenomenal. Um, he's really been probably the most consistent part of the team this year, other than maybe Justin Falk, who looked really, really good again tonight. Uh, especially had a fight as well. Yeah, stepped Love up to see a that. big fight uh, to to sort of rally the team, and it was definitely a little bit of a shift in momentum there after a very questionable Mark Stone hit, who which has now put uh, Tyler Bozak on potentially injured reserve. He's questionable, so that's now two two cheap shots that have led to injured Blues, which is a little a little frustrating. But I digress. That one better get looked at because the puck wasn't even close. That was absurd. Justin Falk has looked great. Jordan Bennington has looked great. But I do want to take a minute, and I know I'm sure we can take plenty more than just a minute, to talk about Jordan Kyrou's play um, and just how dominant he's he's been able to look night in, night out. Uh, I, I just, just to break it down for you here, it's, it's a bit of a lull in the game uh, at this point uh, when, when Jordan Kyrou, you know, does his thing. Max Pacioretty just scored to make it close a couple minutes before, make it 3-2 Vegas. And and we're starting to get a little worried that the Blues are once again going to, you know, blow, blow away a a lead that they took into a period. You know, they came out of the this uh, came out of the first with a 3-1 lead and all of a sudden Max Pacioretty erases that, cuts the lead in half right away. And what does Jordan Cairo do? He takes advantage of a loose puck in the neutral zone, a seemingly nothing play and beats one of the best defensemen in the league, the former captain of the St. Louis Blues, probably the best defenseman on the Vegas Golden Knights and the best defenseman in the Blues division, makes him look absolutely silly, burns him with his speed, and puts an easy goal past Robin Lehner. And I feel like that there's, if you want to look at one play, and it'd be really difficult to look at just one play that epitomizes how good he's been this season. If you want to look at one play, context included, of what Jordan Kyra means to this team this season, it's that play right there. I'll do you one better, Josh. That loose puck in the neutral zone you're talking about actually popped off of his shin pad, I'm pretty sure, because he blocked Petrangelo's shot. Of course it did. I mean, you talk about defense leading to offense. We heard him say that in his interviews. That's that's literally what happened against our old uh, Blues captain. So, yeah, just goes straight down the wing, puts him in a blender. Leonard says, uh, give me that. And Jordan Cairo says, I don't think so. Puts it right in the twine. See you later. Yeah. But there's another play, I think, uh, that should get a lot of recognition that I'm not sure it will because it didn't end up with a Jordan Cairo goal. But I believe it was in overtime. We finally saw Jordan Cairo in 3v3 hockey. Oh. And that was electric in and of itself. The passes but he was making. What happened was, I believe, yeah, the passes were nice, but the, I believe the Blues had it in the offensive zone and they were pressing, right? And so guys are like cornering in, cornering in. They shoot one, it goes wide, and the next thing you know, Vegas is going the other way. I think they had one man back. I forget who it was. But it was a two-on-one going on the other end. The Vegas Golden Knights are on the offensive side of the blue line, and Jordan Cairo's on the defensive side of the blue line. So he and he just turns the wheels on, uh, streaks down the ice, and catches up to 
the passing, not the passing player, but the player who would be receiving the pass and takes away the pass out of the two-on-one. So the Vegas player, I forget who it was, but they had to shoot it on goal at Bennington and he made the save. But it's little things like that, I think, that's just going to win you brownie points with Chief in the end. And I think that's, that's what chief is looking for from everybody right it's that it's that next level of competes that next level of i'll give 110 percent not just going out there and going through the motion so i think there's a lot more blues that uh stepped up their game tonight i think there's a lot more blues that uh had their head on straight it looked like a lot of guys were firing on all cylinders david perron had a hell of a game jesus uh i still think there's a lot there's a couple guys that are there's still something left to be determined in their play and i think eventually we'll see everybody firing on all cylinders here soon hopefully soon i think i mean with the way he's playing now there's no reason to believe that jordan excuse me jordan cairo can't be a point per game player with the the numbers he's putting up now um it's got seven points in seven games. Sounds about right to me. Yeah, but moving on from that, we're moving, shifting into the final segment of today's episode. But before we get there, I do want to tell you guys about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Now, there's pretty much so many good sporting events in swing right now. Uh, whether it's the Super Bowl coming up in a few weeks, hockey season getting in full swing, NBA season getting in full swing, college basketball in the middle of the season as well, plus whatever other prop bets, parlays you can think of, betonline.ag has you covered. They have it all. There's no reason to wait any longer because if you visit betonline.ag today and you sign up for a free account, if you use our promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's literally free money. Uh, the longer you wait, the the less the less bets you're going to be able to make with that free money. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On at betonline.ag to receive a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, and now I thought I had a good one tonight. Uh, I had blues up. I had said blues win by two, and I think the prop was like plus two fifty. So I put fifty on it, and I would have won four hundred fifty dollars. So when they when they let up the, when they let up that two goal lead, I was a little more pissed than I should have been. But you know what? We came out of we came out of it with a dub, and that's all that matters. I already made money on the Blues versus the Kings. I put two fifty on it, and I put a hundred on the Chiefs to beat the Bills. So there you go. We're laughing right there now. You go. We'll see what happens come the Super Bowl because that's probably if not one of the biggest betting day of the year. So if you're if you're not putting money down on that, uh, I don't know what you're doing. But like Josh said, locked on. Use that promo code on Bet Online if you do plan on betting on the Super Bowl. Because if you're not, you shouldn't. Yes, sir. Now it would be nice if whenever we play th- place these bets, we have the like, guarantees. You know, things that you knew 100% for certain, and we don't all the time. But mm-hmm. one thing you do know for certain is that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They got 12 original delicious flavors that we know and love, but there's six amazing new flavors that are new, improved, and even delicious. Er. Uh, the six brand new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate, so you get to satisfy that sweet tooth. They're all soft and easy to chew. The best part is the reason why I love them so much is they're healthy. Both part is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Uh, Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. For example, if you're looking at the Cherry Barcia flavor, one of their brand new ones, you're getting 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Tom, we kind of transition into this last segment of the episode. It's It's been a bit of an up and down episode because I think it's been 
or not, I don't think it's been. It definitely was a very up and down game. A lot to like, a lot to a lot to dislike, and I think a lot of that dislike comes in the third period and overtime. Um, Blues looked absolutely gassed for a majority of it, and it led to them taking a lot of penalties, and it led to them giving up a lot of opportunities in overtime. Just too many odd man rushes. Jordan Bennington was phenomenal, stepped up to the plate every single time. Um, I know Chief and Ryan O'Reilly took to the media after the game to complain about the officiating, specifically the Scandella penalty um, that led to the five-on-three, that led to the Pacioretty goal that brought them within one, I believe. Um, so I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that the penalties that they've been taking up to this point, you know, leading the league by far, do you think that's a combination of, or do you think that's solely because of officiating, or do you think it's a combination of poor play, poor discipline, and officiating, a little bit of both? What are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's a combination. I mean, typically in in years past, we've always been upset with this Blues team, especially about the penalties that are just lackadaisical right like too many men delay of game especially on the power play like that just can't happen um and there's no excuse for that you can't be ref what are you talking about because it's literally just a puck sailing into the stands or not being able to count so i think that i think that's a problem in and of itself that should be addressed within the team and i feel like they'll figure that out uh but i i think there's definitely some warranted frustration in terms of especially from the blues side but i feel like league-wide uh towards the officiating because it feels like just everywhere you look in every game that you look at, the penalty numbers just as a whole are up. I mean, typically I feel like we'd be seeing one, two, three penalties aside per game. and We're consistently seeing five, six, seven. And it's not just the Blues. It's from a lot of teams. I know Vancouver has been having a lot of trouble with it too. So there's there's kind of like a get into it portion of the season for the for the referees as well and eventually they'll probably start letting stuff go but there's got to come to a point where it's just like just let the kids play and and maybe i don't know call a blatant shot to the head on tyler bozak when there's no puck in sight and he has to go you know what i'm saying like it's just the inconsistency Mm -hmm. to where they call a phantom call on scandela and the next thing you know tyler bozak's on the ice face down and there's no whistle they're just swallowing it so that just blows my mind yeah i mean i was gonna ask you about that i think that would be a kind of a pretty good way to wrap up today's episode because we are getting we are getting close to the end but i mean yeah we saw it uh we saw a perfect example tonight of potentially the 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 lack of consistency in officiating and we saw you know tyler bozak and mark stone getting a little bit of a not even a little bit of a scuffle they just got a little tangled up heading up the ice um, I don't think know. Bozak ever saw. Yeah, him. no, oh, no. I mean, I mean, if you watch the play, they kind of they kind of get a little engaged, skating up to the neutral zone, and I don't know if someone jabs them, whatever. You know, they, it wasn't just like a complete two guys running into each other. They they got they they engaged in a little bit of a battle, skating up the ice, and all of a sudden, Mark Zo- Mark Stone decides to stop short and just throw a shoulder elbow combo into uh, Bozak's upper chest, chin, face area, and Bozak goes down mm-hmm. for the rest of the game and is now potentially heading to injured reserve. And and I, if that's not a discipline, disciplinary offense, I don't know what the hell is. Uh, it's yeah. it's not a hockey play. It's, it's not a... It's like you write home about. No, it's... Like, that should be, honestly, next season... Uh, when they're showing referees, like, here's what you call uh, a penalty, here's what you call a suspendable offense, that should be the example for a suspendable offense because the puck's not anywhere in sight. There's direct contact to the head. I'm pretty sure it happened, like, 
a couple minutes after a Blues goal. So it's literally just Mark Stone going out there, throwing a temper tantrum and taking it out on defenseless Tyler Bozak with no puck in sight. So in my mind, it's 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 like you write it up. It's It should be easy for for them to make a call on this, but I, it, we've said it'll be easy in, in games past, even this season, and they don't do anything. So you never know at this point. Yeah, and I mean, the biggest thing to me is, I said it before, I'll say it again, that's not a hockey play. Um, it, no, it's one thing if it's, it's, you know, not to justify the blade hit at the beginning of the year, but just to look back at the only other real example we have of a suspendable incident, it, it's one thing, at least the pucks right, it's one thing if it's maybe a, a poorly timed hit or a poorly judged hit, a little bit of a reckless decision like that Sammy Blay incident where, yeah, not the smartest hit to make, but you can see where he's coming from. He's making a play at the puck and just, just got a, his feet were moving a little too fast for his head and made a hit that wasn't the best. That Mark Stone play is nothing other than malicious. Um, there's no, there's no competitive advantage gained. There's no, there's no hockey play there. There's no, oh well, maybe he was trying to do this. No, he was trying. He was pissed. He was frustrated. Whatever it may have been, and he was trying to hurt Bozak. He was trying to go out and, and I don't know if he was trying to rile his team up or get his frustrations out or whatever it may have been. But he made a play out of pure malicious intent, and it led to an injury. That is the. Te- textbook dictionary definition of hey suspend this guy so the blues uh will see the vegas golden knights again on thursday 28th same time same place eight o'clock uh we'll have the pre-game here on wednesday so make sure you tune in uh but i think that's all the time we got for today so we'll have to cut it off here but yeah but thank you guys so much for tuning in you can follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at locked on blues you can follow my personal twitter at twelcher 15 you can follow josh's personal twitter at josh hyman nhl but as always let's go blues